This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Oh, Klaus, we just had ourselves a Grand Prix. The summer break is done. And dusted spa, baby spa, and I'm feeling pretty damn good. I want to sing about it, and I want you all to sing about it. You surely know the words by now. Let's go. I can't stop this feeling when I talk about F1. I get a full blown throbbing hood, and it feels so good on the pit straight. Where the drivers meet, I see Natalie Pinks. I want to kiss her feet. I'm hooked on fast cars. And Naomi, she's Oh, I think she's in love with me. Danny Rick will bounce back. He'll find some pace for sure. And if you think he'll be replaced, you're a filthy whore. Brundle's grip walks excite me. I love to watch him shit the bed. But when Kravitz comes on the radio, two seconds ten. But we need to. Get on with the show, hand the mic to a man you all know. The time to hand the mic to Crofty, and you all can stop me. Take it away, Crofty. It's lights out, and away we go. Once a week. One man emerges from the pit lane to deliver all the news, discussion, and results of Formula One. Well, that time has arrived. Sit back, relax, for the Park It In My Ferme show. Here is your host, Colby. Is. Right, ladies and gentlemen, Whew. hold on tight with both hands because it is your main squeeze, Cody, aka the Cultipotamus. And yes, I'm feeling fine. I'm feeling dandy as I take a step off the private chopper that I took from the Palais in the Centre France. Here at the Pimp International Racing Circuit, the PIRC. I'm feeling good. I'm dripped head to tippity toe in the uh, oils that I need to just really brown up. Get a nice leathery behind as I'm butt naked. Sun glistening of every inch, every curve of my behind here on the pit straight. Ooh, I'm feeling really good. I'm feeling very, very good. Doris, our 103-year-old cleaning lady. She's out scrubbing down the circuit, making sure all 76 miles 
of the perk circuit is looking pristine for some racing action coming your way. And we have the 42 million filing in, and I know what they're thinking. They're looking at me. They're thinking to themselves, he looks good. Really, really good. But they're also thinking, hey, something looks different. Something looks a little bit off here with the Cordopotamus, and I'll tell you what it is right now. It's my Fermo. I've misplaced it, so please keep an eye out for it. Remember, if you come across my Fermo, it is more scared of you than you are of it. Don't be afraid. And just park it on up in there as it is. The Parking in My Fermo Show, the number one. Company F1 podcast in the entire cosmos, according to Mother Dearest. And she's never, ever, ever wrong. And I'll fight you in a steel cage with a lion. If you call her a liar one more time. We've got all the news, opinions, discussions, results, reviews, previews, love triangles, Alonso radio messages, and more. Episode 189. Coming at you like Max Verstappen from P15. Like Thanos, he is inevitable. But don't be a gloomy Gus. If you missed out on the previous 188, just head over to the greatest website of all time that doesn't contain two girls and one cup yet. Let's park it in my firmate.com or better yet. Well, I don't even need to explain it. You know what you need to do. You look down at that podcast listening device of yours. You see that subscribe and follow button and you spank the shit out of it like it was a long lost lover that owed you some money. That way you're going to be the first in the world to hear this. My sexy, soothing, smooth sounds three times a week. And there ain't a damn thing wrong with getting down and dirty in the slot, rolling around looking for a little slap and tickle with the cordopotamus three times a week. No, 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 no. But what the hell are we going to talk about today? I don't know. I don't know. How about everything that happened over the weekend in Belgium at the Belgium Grand Prix? Woo. As well as whose fault was it in the Hamilton versus Alonso crash? Maybe it wasn't so one-sided a bit of you can't be serious the good the bad and the ugly are more stats than you can poke a damn stick at so what i want you to do i want you to get changed out of your disgusting ugly clothes you look hideous you look like a bunch of troll monsters i mean i'm trying to contain myself you idiots head over to parkingtomyfilmmate.com slash merch why don't you try uh Nice little pimp embroidered silk robe from the merch store. Yeah? Podcast exclusive 5 5% off. You wear it, you look good. You and I can uh, rendezvous behind the pit straight a little bit later on. But it's time that you all sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Charles Leclerc pulls out from behind the Alpine, does snatch back that fifth place from Fernando Alonso. So it's all well that ends well for Charles Leclerc. It's all well that ends well for Max Verstappen, who's sliding his way out of the final corner and taking the line, winning the Belgium Grand Prix for a second year in a row. It's a ninth victory in Formula One in 2022 for the reigning world champion. Charles Leclerc, by the way, has been noted for speeding uh, in the pit lane. He has been given a five-second time penalty for speeding in the pit lane. He will finish the race sixth because of a pit stop behind Fernando Alonso. Make sure you like the socials at Park It In My Ferme on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Oh, that is exactly what you need to do. Go ahead and like those socials. The throat is a little bit cranky today, but uh, it's because I was out drinking with a lady last wow. night. Oh. oh, there she is. I didn't expect you to show your face this early in the day. Nothing wrong with getting it in the pinks. Anyway, we had a race on the weekend. Well, what a fucking blinder of a race it was on the weekend. And the big, humongous congratulations will go out to Max Verstappen. What? Max, Max, yes. Super Max, Super, Super Max, 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 Super Max, Max, Super, Super Max, 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 Super Max, Max, Super, Super Max, 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 Super Max, Max. That's where it's going. Out to Max. Whoop. On the easiest win of his career, too. God, dead set. He had cheat mode activated on the weekend. And at what point does the FIA step in? and drug test him and that car because he is basically bringing a Formula 1 car down to the track to compete against the kids and those kids are blindfolded with no arms or legs in their little go-karts, yeah? 
That's what it's like watching Formula One at the moment because it is unfair. And on top of all of that, you know your boy the court eponymous just went ahead and perfectly predicted every single thing that was going to happen on the weekend. Those of you that listened to me for my predictions, I mean, you're probably not listening anymore because you've probably flown out with me on your own private jet. You're sitting there trackside, all right, watching this live. Okay. There's no need to play it. Don't need to play it. No, 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 no. Don't. No, Klaus, don't. Yeah, but Cody, I have it all here ready to go. Take a listen. It's time for Cody's Top 5. Bold predictions for the Spelgium. Spelgium? Belgium Grand Prix in Spa coming in at number five. Without a shadow of a doubt, there will be two red flags during the race. Yes, two red flags minimum. Number four. Coldies top five. Chuck Leclerc, Chuckles Leclercles, DNF. Number three. Coldies top five. I'm telling you right now, Sir Lewis Hamilton on the podium. Minimum. Coming in at number two. Coldies top five. Max Verstappen. Yes, the Max Verstappen. Starts from the back row and finishes on the podium, if you don't mind. Not much more to it than that. And coming in at number one. Coldies top five. Nicholas Latifi's going to crash and get a DNA. Big dick Danny Rick. He's pissed. He's out, he's out there to prove a point. You don't want me anymore? You don't remember the good times? He's going to beat Lando Norris. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Big T Danny Rick. Daniel Ricciardo is going to beat Lando Norris. Class, are you, f- are you fucking kidding me? Fucking hell, class. Why do you have to go ahead and absolutely just, just fuck me like that? Yeah, just full-on bend me over. You didn't even lube up. Didn't even buy me dinner first. Just just fucked me. You fucked me hard. But without further ado, we need to dive in and have a little bit of a chat about what exactly went down in Belgium over the weekend. And we're going to be starting with qualifying because free practice, well, it was spent with having a chat to Gunter Steiner and where Danny Rick was going to sit and, and me maybe not trying to cream my downstairs staring right into Pink's and Schiff's eyes. And you know what, Johnny Herbert? You weren't looking too bad either. Ooh, sorry, Pink's. Wow. <laughs> exactly. But let's just jump straight into it like it was your mum's panties. Q1. And it was the usual suspects up the pointy end with Mercedes really fucking struggling. But not as much as Alfa Romeo. And yes, Williams look like they're fucking rock stars out there, while Alfa Romeo haven't got an effing clue. Klaus, roll it! Stroll will be next to cross the line, and he makes his way out of the bottom five into the top ten. Is that going to be enough for him, I wonder? Mick Schumacher, only 13th fastest. He's got penalties to come, of course. Don't forget that. Valtteri Bottas uh, makes his way back into the pits. He's out of qualifying. Joe Guan Yu goes into the uh, top seven. Crossing the line now, Kevin Magnussen stays 18th. We're on board with Sebastian Vettel, who's in the bottom five, but it's in his own hands to try and get out of it, and he does. Getting that all wrong, I'm afraid. The uh, Alpha Tauri of uh, Yuki Tsunoda, uh, Lewis Hamilton, was 13th crosses the line goes fifth fastest still over a second off the pace George Russell just goes ahead of him at fifth fastest now Ricardo down to 13th as Albon wow. goes sixth fastest Sebastian Vettel in the bottom five former pole sitter uh, here on a numerous occasions has been knocked out by two one thousandths of a second Valtteri Bottas knocked out in Q1. Disappointment for him. Max Verstappen, half a second clear of Carlos Sainz out in front. As you heard there, Seb Vettel misses out by a bee's dick. Two one thousandths of a second. Go Tifi, Kevin Magnussen, Sunoda, and Bottas join him. First time Bottas has been knocked out of Q1 since Monaco 2015. Don't check me on that. And it was just too fucking easy for Max. And as you can tell, by what I said earlier, it doesn't change much throughout the weekend because I'm telling you something, this Max kid, 
is super. Max, 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 Super Max. Okay, no more of that. Q2 time and album was just a freak of nature out there setting purple sectors. That's back-to-back Grand Prix with purple sectors being set by Williams. Yeah? It's been a minute since that's happened. Klaus, get me some stats. You don't have the stats? Fucking useless bastard. While the two Mercedes are just doing everything they can to try and stay alive and make it through to Q3, let's take a listen to what happened. Klaus. 30.5 for Alex Albon during the course of the first sector. That is the fastest first sector we've had so far in this Q2 session. Fernando Alonso goes fifth fastest, a 145.5 should be uh, enough if the cutoff predictions are right. Pierre Gasly, eighth fastest, might be on the cusp a little bit there and a bit in trouble as Joe Guan Yu uh, goes ninth fastest. Hamilton and uh, Russell now uh, very much at risk. Russell stays in the top 10 because Lance Stroll is out of qualifying only 11th fastest for him fastest middle sector uh, has gone to Charles Leclerc who goes quickest overall 144.5 and ahead of Max Verstappen by nearly two tenths of a second here's Ricardo gets into Q3 so far eighth fastest for Daniel Ricardo. what can the two Mercedes drivers uh, do to Ricardo's position, fifth fastest for Hamilton. He's picked up the pace a little bit. George Russell uh, behind him goes sixth fastest. Much better for the Mercedes. Alex Albon, tenth fastest. Daniel Ricardo is out, and he's out in Q2 as Alex Albon, for the first time this season, puts him and his Williams into Q3. Ricardo, along with Gasly and Joe and Stroll and Schumacher, all making their exits. Leclerc fastest. Yeah, so you heard it there. Big Dick Danny Rick give your girl a bone in a weekend where he needed to fucking bring it. Must have left it back in Perth because fuck me, he loses it out to Alex Albon and can't get that McLaren into Q3. Alpine's looking pretty good though. With those long straights out there, the big shock was them getting through as well as the Williams of Alex Albon making it through to Q3. But going out was BDDR, Pierre Gasly, Joe Guan Yu, Stroll and Schumacher. All out in Q2, but that's enough foreplay. It's time for the big boys to come out and have some fun Q3 time. And let's take a listen to what unfolds in the first part of Q3 because it was another shit show from Ferrari. They said Charles Leclerc, Chuckles Leclercles, out there on the wrong fucking tyres and then didn't know what to do about it. Roll it! through the first sector then. A clear advantage for Verstappen, uh, a clear advantage for, for Perez and for Sainz too with that slipstream. Alex Albon with a 146.3 uh, has the first time on the board for them all to, uh, uh, to aim at. For the time being, Alex Albon on provisional pole because he's the only one that's set the time uh, here in Q3. But the next one to cross the line will be Sergio Perez who will be looking a more realistic bet for uh, pole position uh, if he can put the time in on this lap. 144.4 for Sergio Perez. Very nice indeed. Verstappen, two purple sectors. Uh, make that three purple sectors. Let me know what do I do with these tyres. Copy, copy. So we will do the lap. So we do the lap. Yes, confirm we do the lap. So carry on with it, uh, Charles. Carlos Sainz splits the two Red Bulls. Sainz on a net pole at the moment as Esteban Ocon goes fourth fastest uh, in the Alpine. Hamilton fifth fastest uh, behind Alex Albon. Lando Norris goes ahead of Alex Albon as George Russell uh, then goes ahead of the Williams too. So as it stands, with the top 10, take out Verstappen, take out Ocon and Norris and Leclerc because they're being sent to the back of the grid. Carlos Sainz finds himself in a net pole position. So yeah, that was a thing that happened and you heard Crofty mention the engine penalties. There were a fucking shitload of those as well. And we'll go through that a little bit later on. But let's pick up the final runs of qualifying. Klaus. Carlos Sainz then uh, wanted a bit of a slipstream might still get a slipstream because Charles Leclerc has now appeared, appeared in the nick of time. There's the slipstream, yes, that was literally just in time, wasn't it? That's but, the uh, one thing Ferrari have got right there, but Sainz, 30.8 in the first sector. Well, his tyres would have been not up to temperature because of that really extra slow outlap. I think he had to lift at the bottom of the hill slightly off the throttle. Oh dear. This has not been uh, a perfectly executed qualifying for Ferrari, but they still find themselves uh, in a net pole position at the moment, unless others can beat it. Sergio Perez, by the way, two tenths faster than Carlos Sainz through the first sector. 
eighth get top gear into Puong and barely a lift of the throttle. That's beyond belief. Fernando Alonso, a tenth up on Carlos Sainz through the first sector. Oh, oh kicking up an awful lot there. And that's going to that's gonna cause a little bit of vision impairment for those following on behind. Lots of dust and gravel being kicked up into the sky. It's a scruffy old lap for young Carlos, this one, for one reason and another. And it's just not working out in the sector times. No, it's not. Crucially, though, Fernando Alonso still going faster than Carlos Sainz on this particular lap. Uh, is that going to be enough, I wonder, uh, to get ahead of the Ferrari uh, come the final parts of Q3? The chequered flag is out. Carlos Sainz takes to the line now and can't improve. He's still on provisional pole, but... Here comes Fernando Alonso, sixth fastest for Fernando Alonso, but ahead of Lewis Hamilton, only seventh fastest. Sergio Perez behind Carlos Sainz, George Russell crosses the line, eighth fastest in uh, qualifying. Alex Albon is ninth fastest, and that is a qualifying win for Red Bull. Yeah, so another stellar performance for Ferrari there. They sent out Leclerc on the wrong tyres. Get him to toast signs. The smooth Aberena. And it doesn't work, but yeah. Doesn't matter anyway because Sainz is on pole because Max is sent to the back of the grid with engine upgrades. Same with Juckles Lecluckles. Same with about four other five other drivers as well. Now I wonder if this will be the only time that Ferrari fucks something up. Yeah. Like qualifying. I wonder if that'll be the only time. Surely. They've learned their lesson from all the other fuck-ups they've had so far. Surely they're not going to repeat the same errors again and again. But it was a BEA beautiful sunny day here in Belgium. It's Spa for the Belgium Grand Prix, and we are ready for some fucking racing, fellas. So get excited. My nipples are so rock hard they could cut glass right now. Now, if you've seen the footage from the start of the race, you'll know that Perez is a bit of a numpty. Checo had one of the most horrendous starts in Formula 1 history. He's literally pointing the car basically sideways to try and cut signs off. Not only doesn't it not work, he's essentially going backwards after lights out. You don't believe me? You calling me a liar? Klaus, fucking roll it. Sainz on pole, Perez alongside him. It's lights out and away we go. Sainz reacts quickest. Perez comes across to cover off Fernando Alonso, who's almost on the grass, but he's ahead of Sergio Perez. Sainz goes into the first corner. Then comes Alonso. Lewis Hamilton round the outside of George Russell. Perez has lost places right at the start. As on the run down to Eau Rouge we go now. And you can see a brilliant start from Sebastian Vettel, who's already alongside Daniel Ricciardo. Into Eau Rouge. Ricciardo just ahead of the Aston Martin over. Raddy on we go. And onto the Camel Straight where Carlos Sainz is a long way clear. Behind him comes Fernando Alonso, and there's the two Aston Martin squabbling, and behind Fernando Alonso, it's his old teammate Lewis Hamilton. Here comes Hamilton into the Lacombe chicane, and they make contact! Hamilton rises up into the air, he's made contact with Fernando Alonso, George Russell goes through, there's the Aston Martin of Lance Stroll, onto the gravel, and that was Alonso and Hamilton getting too close together, tangling, but they both managed to carry on. It looks to me as if Lewis comes in and pinches him a little bit. Yeah, that's not Fernando's fault. Uh, he was on the curb, under control, wasn't under steering across the road. What an idiot, closing the door from the outside. We had a mega start, but yeah, this guy only knows how to drive for starting first. You heard it there. Hamilton is an idiot, okay? So yes, there's a lot to unpack there. But, um, sorry. Lewis Hamilton can only win from pole and being out in front. Alonso's career race wins are 32. Lewis Hamilton's wins from not being on pole, 42. Yeah. Uh-huh. Feel like a bit of an idiot now. But Sainz got away cleanly and he fucking needed to. He was one of the only front runners on the soft tyres that needed to create as much distance as he possibly could. Checo lost three places before the first corner, and then Hamilton and Alonso came together. Now, I'm going to break that one down a little bit later on on Detective Coldy, but what was great was seeing Hamilton walk the lonely, lonely walk back to the pits. Like, seriously, a seven-time world champ? Show the man some respect. You can't send a car out there to get him? Seb rode a fucking Vespa on the Albert Park circuit in Melbourne. You can't send a car? Give him one of those little scooters that he likes to ride around the pits with Angela with. Yeah, get him one of those. 
Well, it's only one lap later and Gotifi, Nicholas Latifi that is, went ahead and did some Nicholas Latifi things by sliding off the track. And although Brundle thinks he, he hit Bottas quite hard, I think it was just a little bit of a lab tap. Just a little bit of, little bit of a tick, 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 tick. How you doing? A little kiss on the cheek. Valtteri Bottas also went off as a result and ended up having a DNF while Latifi just carried on doing Latifi things. This time in dead last, being an utter numpty. Klaus, let's listen to that. As Ocon loses a place and onto the gravel, the Williams spinning and then tagging the Alfa Romeo, Nicholas Latifi. So Latifi gets wide, dips the, more than dips the tyres in the gravel, stays on the throttle and then the merest touch, but uh, around goes the Alfa Romeo. It's lap four now when Leclerc chuckles Leclerc's pits because he got Verstappen's tearaway visor caught in the brake duct. Their classic Mario Kart move by Verstappen there, shooting a green shell backwards and fucking up your opponent so much that they need a pit. They pop Leclerc on the mediums, which, you know, was probably the wrong choice. Could have gone the hards. There was a long way to go. But anyway, let's take a listen. So they've seen something they don't quite like on Charles Leclerc's uh, Ferrari. So there was uh, a tear off inside the front right brake cooling. We removed it. Everything should be okay now. So yeah, we're on lap five and Max Verstappen is already up to P6. Then one lap later, another one. And another one. And another one. Yes, he takes up four spots in four laps. P3, eight laps in. He is P3, eight laps in. You don't believe me, Klaus? There's a couple of car lengths between Ricardo and Verstappen. That is getting overhauled quite substantially. Into the bus stop chicane we go. Max Verstappen started 14th, is now up into sixth place. So we saw what Max Verstappen did to Daniel Ricciardo on the last lap. Here's Sebastian Vettel now on the outside and Max Verstappen on the inside. And Vettel, you get the feeling, uh, was using his years of experience not to fight that one for too much longer. Up the climb to Radion we go with the Alpine ahead of the Red Bull. And look how Max Verstappen, now we get to the DRS point, starts to close up. Eight and a half miles an hour, extra pace. Fernando Alonso moves aside, lets Max Verstappen go through because he knows there's no point fighting it. He just hasn't got the tools to do it. Verstappen's got to pass a car, at least one car, every lap. What, like that? Yeah, exactly like that. <laughs> Max Verstappen just proving your point as you were even delivering the line. He is now up into the podium places. Okay, but now it's lap 12. Carlos has pitted from the lead. Perez leads the race with Max in second, and Perez isn't yielding. He isn't getting out of the way. Could we be getting the 2022 version of a multi-21? Let's listen to what's happening. Now, this is what Max is saying. We're losing time here, and, and now they're in for the undercut situation, aren't they? Ferrari puts on new tyres, and Red Bull, this is where Max needs to be pumping in his best stuff. As along the Camel Straight, Max Verstappen gets past his teammate Sergio Perez, and Carlos Sainz comes uh, back out onto the track, our race leader behind Daniel Ricciardo, and ahead of Lance Stroll. See, I think what's happening out there is Perez decided to grow some fucking testicles and give it a shot, but then realized pretty fucking quickly that Max, like Thanos, is fucking inevitable. Because... Max, 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 super, Max, Max, super, super. Anyway, it wasn't going to happen. There were still 30 laps left. He wasn't going to be able to keep him at bay for 30 laps. You aren't going to defend against the angry Max for 30 laps? It just isn't going to happen. You destroy both engines, all sets of tyres, and fuck it up entirely. Smart move by Checo in the end. Really doing the team thing, and I like to see it. So Max decides to pit, and Carlos Sainz was able to regain the lead as a result. But that didn't matter. That didn't mean jack shit. It really didn't matter, because only a few laps later, Verstappen was able to take that one right back. Sainz was then sitting dark for Perez as well. Lap 35 now came along. And then one of the moves of the fucking season occurred when Sloppy Oki decided to just overtake two cars in one corner. He overtook two cars in one corner, Pierre Gasly and Vettel. Oh, it was beautiful. Lined them up perfectly. But they were lines of cocaine and blew past Vettel and Gasly. Roll it, Klaus, roll it. Lovely work from Sebastian Vettel into turn one, allowed Pierre Gasly to go a little bit deeper and then got him uh, with the old switcheroo uh, on the return. No good getting older if you don't get wiser. And uh, yeah, very, 
very nice move there from Seb, but look at this. He's got two queuing up behind him here. There's three abreast as the Alpha Tauri of Gasly retakes the advantage over Sebastian Vettel and the Alpine of Ocon goes round the outside and says, thank you very much indeed, I'll have that. That's the second time in this race Ocon's taken two cars in one corner, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, uh, Vettel is going to go into the uh, right-hander now and retake that position on Pierre Gasly going through, uh, through Rivage. Laps 43 of the 44 laps now and Chuckles LeCluckles pits so he can get some fresh tyres and go for the fastest lap. He's in P5 and it's an 18 second gap to P6. Oh, and if you don't know, at Spa, a pit stop usually takes around 19 seconds. So yeah, great job, Ferrari. You fucking walnuts, Klaus. As in comes Charles Leclerc for Ferrari to put on a set of soft tyres to go for the fastest lap of the race. Alonso makes his way out of the first corner and he's only a couple of car lengths behind Charles Leclerc and he's got the momentum going down the hill and now he's got a DRS. slipstream and DRS right behind the Ferrari of Charles Leclerc. They've gone for the fastest lap gamble here uh, on the last lap. Fernando Alonso is going to make that a little bit tough by getting past Charles Leclerc and taking fifth place in this race. Leclerc was able to get P5 back off Alonso, but not get the fastest lap and was speeding in the pit to get the new tyres on. So a certain P5 now becomes a P6, thanks to the masterminds over there at Ferrari. But it was all Max Verstappen today. He was just too super. Max, 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 Super, Max, Max, Super, Super, Max, 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 Super, Max, Max, Super, Super. Perez second in science third. George Russell again in the top five because of course he fucking did. But it was a masterclass from Max and the Red Bulls. They're just too effing good right now. And it wouldn't surprise me if they did that race with their engines turned down for half of it. That's how good they are right now. So what were my takeaways from the race? Um, it's simple. The season's over. I said it was before the break and I stick with that analogy now. I stick with that same story. Max will be your world champion. Red Bull will win the Constructors. Ferrari will get caught by Mercedes before the end of the season because Ferrari continue to do stupid, idiotic Ferrari things. Why try and cut the deficit from 80 to 79 points or whatever it was to get that fastest lap? To get one point for fastest lap when the margin's that big. And it looks like you're going to lose a few more points by finishing behind Alonso and he didn't even get a fucking fastest lap in the end anyway. It was so stupid. I don't understand it. It's bad when you know you can stick a person of the general public in there to be a race strategist for Ferrari and it won't make a difference. You couldn't tell the difference between them. I know that Ferrari and Mercedes will be better in Zandvoort, but my fucking God, please something happen because I'm losing my damn mind watching Ferrari try and F1. They don't know how to do the F1. They should stick with an F2 or an F3 because Ferrari, you cannot do an F1. And I'm getting a bit over it all, to be perfectly honest. But what do you guys think? Let me know on the socials. At Parker in my family on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. I'm a stat man. Formula One stat man. Cody's a stat man. Yeah, stats. Uh, I'm a stat man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Stat time. Yeah. Oh, so much stats. So many stats. I don't know if this intro is even long enough. There's that many stats. Uh, stats, stats, stats. Yeah. Ooh, so many stats. Uh, I'm a stat man. Oh, I am. A stat man. Yes. We got so many stats. You know, I have so many stats. Just gonna, I'll give you a little, I'll give you a little few now. But then later on, <laughs> I'm going to give you even more. Second half of the show, you're going to get non-stop stats, baby. Because with Album getting into Q3 in Spa, now every single active driver on the grid 
has made it to Q3 at least once this season. It's also the first time that Bottas has been knocked out of Q1 since 2015. How's that? For your stat of the... Oh, sorry, you're not satisfied? You want more? All right. Stats, 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 Everybody! Yes. Completely naked when I do this. Jiggling. Feeling good. Okay, I got more for you. I got more for you. With only eight races remaining, the closest title fight challenger is Checo Perez with 216 points up for grab. That would give Checo 407 points. Max would have a tiebreaker, so he only needs to tie this number. So Max needs to score 123 points. This could be accomplished with a third place in each of the remaining races and a sixth in the sprint race. However, if Max wins the next three races with one fastest lap, Max can clinch the title with a win in Japan. By my estimates, Max could clinch as early as Singapore with the proper DNFs. Oh, it's been mentioned a few times, but how's that? For your stat of the week. Oh, you want more? I'll give you more. Yes. Stats, 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 when ranking drivers on win percentage and leaving those with less than five wins out, Max is now takes the 11th spot on that ladder. Max is not far from passing Damon Hill next on 19.13. But, I mean, Vettel, that was always inevitable. As long as Vettel stays in the sport, he ain't winning again, so that percentage was always going to come down. But Maxi boy, he's climbing that list. Oh, sorry, you want one more? All right. Stats, All right. Stats, 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 Beggars stats, can stats, be choosers. Stats, 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 you choose stats, to get one more. Yes. Everybody. Yes, 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 yes. All right, all right, all right, all right. Alpine and Ferrari now have the same amount of double point scoring finishes this season with eight. What? How? Ferrari are the fastest car out there. How are they sucking so much? And that was your stat of the week. Butter, butter, bee, butter, butter, He's a stat, man. Oh, that was a good stat. Yeah, such a good stat. Such a, such a good stat. You know it was. He's a stat, man. Hey, let's go on with the show. Cool, it's pretty cool. Yeah. In the Formula One paddock, one man goes above and beyond to find out what really went down. Who was at fault? And will Haas ever be good? That man is going in deep. These are his stories. Oh, detective. Cool. I'm just sitting here at my desk, having my morning cup of coffee. The wife left me. And now I need to solve the case because the boss is up my ass. City Hall, man. I don't know what accent I was doing there, but we have a case to solve right now. You think I'd re-record that intro? God, no. Keep that one forever. Because we now need to look at what happened between Lewis Hamilton and Fernando Alonso. Because they had a little bit of an oopsie days on the opening lap there at Spa. What happened was Alonso was turning a corner, Hamilton was coming around the outside, they came together, which resulted in a DNF for Lewis Hamilton, which really fucked my predictions. Okay, so let's have a little think about this. It was Hamilton's fault. I'm sorry, I love Lulu. I do, a lot of you don't think that. I bash Lulu a lot, that's because I love him. All right, Lulu, is a seven-time world champ. Lulu has won a lot of races. He knows what he's doing. Was that a bad error from Lewis Hamilton? Yes, it was a rookie error. That's something one of the first and second-year drivers do. Not a seven-time world champ. Fernando Alonso, is he a bit miffed that that happened? Because what happened? They both had an amazing start. 
Checo was going backwards. So those two coming together really helped Checo Perez out. He was able to get back up into P2 and then eventually take P2 for the race. So if that didn't happen, then Sergio Perez might have been stuck in P4, P5. Who knows for how long with the DRS strain going on? Who knows how long he would have been stuck there? But these two coming together? Yeah, that's 100% Lewis's fault. He was driving like an amateur. I think what happened was, because he stayed up all night, I'm not saying he was tired and fatigued. He's a, he's a champion of the sport. He knows what he's doing. He knows how to take care of himself, look after his body. But maybe he was tired and fatigued, didn't know how to take care of himself or look after his body. No, what I'm saying was, he wanted to prove so badly. He was trying to find every second he could because they were slow. That qualifying, that was scary for Mercedes. They were nowhere near it. And the only reason George Russell got all the way up there was all the penalties at the start. All those penalties at the start, all the engine penalties, George Russell's all of a sudden sitting all the way up in P4. You know, Lewis was sitting P3 when they came together and had that crash. I mean, Mercedes are nowhere near that if these engine penalties aren't in place. So, what does that mean? What does that mean? Surely then, if they come together, it's Lewis's fault there's a penalty for him? No, no penalty. Racing incident, racing incident. The FIA, they love Lulu. The stewards, they love Lulu. They're not going to give him a penalty. Should a penalty have been given? Nah, they're right. It was a racing incident. I think if Lewis stayed in the race, if he was able to recover... I think he gets a five-second penalty. I think he gets a five-second penalty if he's able to keep going. But because he got a DNF, because he had to stand on the side of the road awkwardly while they all came around again, don't know why he did that, and then had to walk the long, lonely walk all the way back, which, by the way, is a bit much. Just send a car. Send a moped. Yeah? If Seb Vettel can ride around Albert Park on a Vespa, surely a seven-time world champ can get, can get something going, you know? Someone come pick him up. Get that guy in the jetpack to come down, like in that Simpsons episode where Mo saves Homer out of that boxing match. I want that jetpack guy at Spa to fly down, pick up Lewis, carry him back to Toto so Toto can give him soft kisses on his forehead and tell him everything's okay. But instead, we're left with iconic images of Lulu strolling down the dusty road. So that's case closed. I'm sorry, Hamilton fans and Hamilton. You're found guilty. You are. Case case closed. And and I'll tell you what, if it happens again, just seven time. But Klaus, we're just getting started, baby. This is a huge, huge, huge show. We've got so much to talk about in the second half, so you don't want to go anywhere. But I I I I mean I need to go somewhere. I need to go somewhere. I mean, I've got to to call Lewis up. I feel bad. I just scolded him. Detective Goldie's segment. Intro sucks. The the, the dun-duns. They weren't sounding great, the dun-duns. See, they're not sounding great. So let me sort all that out. You keep the people entertained. I'll be back in a sec. I love you. generations, people would watch cars go by until they finally wanted them to go by fast. Racing was then born. And who was going to talk about all the racing? Why, Caldi, of course. Welcome to the Pocket in My Ferme show, the number one comedy F1 podcast in the world. Here's your host, Caldi. Oh, baby, baby. Woo! It is... Your host, Cordy. Huge first half. We recapped everything that happened at the Belgian Grand Prix at Spa. With Supermax dominating there. Also, I got to the bottom of the whole Hamilton versus Alonso thing. I gave you three stats of the week that'll blow your freaking minds. But that's not all. We've got a humongous second half for you as well. Because we've got a bit of a you can't be serious. We've also got the good, the bad, the ugly, and I'm going to drop some more stats for you so you don't want to go anywhere with Zanvort coming up next weekend. You need to make sure you've subscribed and followed on your podcast listing device because you don't want to miss out. We've got a show coming up in a couple of days' time, then another one in a couple of days' time previewing everything. So a lot happening at the moment in this triple header. So you don't want to go anywhere. Make sure you subscribe, Klaus. I'm rambling. Fade me up, baby. Yeah. 
make sure you like the socials at Park It In My Ferme on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Oh, that is exactly what you need to do. Go ahead and like those socials. Don't delay. Don't dilly-dally like your homegirl Sally from the Valley. Just go and like them right now. Slide in those DMs too. Not too quickly, you'll hurt yourself. But if you happen to slide in quickly, I'll have my arms wide open and catch you. Oh, yes. And I've been talking to a couple of people lately. And a big shout out to James, who was at the race on the weekend. He was DMing me, dressed like a unicorn. So if you saw a man dressed like a unicorn, running up and down during qualifying, oh, that's my boy James. He's a big fan of the show, reached out to me. I loved having a chat with him, as I do with everyone that reaches out. And I talked to a few of you last night during the raids as well. It was a lot of fun, so make sure you continue to do so. I love to interact with the millions and millions of the Cordopotamus' fans here at the PIRC. Fill in the arena. It's looking very nice indeed. Make sure, hey, Doris, love. Doris, make sure you stock up the vending machines. We want double Midori's on ice for everyone. Right, everyone deserves a complimentary double Midori on ice once they walk in. But uh, we got something we need to talk about. All right, um, uh, Klaus, hit it. You can't, you can't, you can't be serious. Fuck, you can't be serious, man. You cannot be serious. Yeah, so um, Ferrari, Ferrari, you can't. Ferrari again, you can't, you can't, Ferrari, you can't be serious. Wrong tyres in Q3 for Leclerc. He went out too late in Q3, wasn't able to tow or be towed, but now apparently they were, oh no guys, they were the right tyres. <laughs> but again, I'm calling bullshit. All right, I saw those tyres, they were shiny, yeah? Ferrari, you can't. How can you completely stuff up the strategy time and time and time and time and time and time again? Happens every single weekend and not just one time, not just one instance, all the freaking time. Ferrari, you can't. Poor pit strategies as well. Yeah, all right, yes, you have to pit Leclerc early because there might be, you know, a tearaway visor strip in the uh, brake duct. Okay, that's fine. Shit happens. But then what do you do? I'll put him on the mediums so he can only last about 20 more laps. And then we'll have to put him on the mediums again. Or, I, I don't know, you're in P14 at this stage. P13, 12. How about just stick him on the hards, get him to the end. Oh, but the hards didn't work in Hungary. I don't know if you know this, but Spa and the Hungara Ring are two different circuits. Ferrari, you can't. Your strategy team, you can't. You can't be serious. Also, when talking to Chuckles LeCluckles on the radio, don't ask him so many questions. Are you taking him out to dinner? Are you asking him what his favorite color is? Have, have a quick, concise conversation. You're basically broadcasting to every driver and every team, oh, that uh, Ferrari don't know what the hell they're doing. Right now, if Mercedes, or Red Bull wanted to pull Chuckles LeCluckles over to their team, they could say, look, we'll pay you as much and we're not going to treat you like shit. And you know what? In a year or two, he'll go because he's in an abusive relationship right now. Ferrari, you can't. You can't. Also, you wanted the fastest lap? You didn't get it, you idiots. Ferrari, you can't. You can't. You can't. You just can't be serious. You can't, you can't, you can't be serious. Fuck, you can't be serious, man. You cannot be serious. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the icon of vacations. Icon of the seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. I'm a stat man, Formula One stat man. 
Cody's a stat man. Yeah, stats. Uh, I'm a stat man. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Stat time. Yeah. Oh, so much stats. So many stats. I don't know if this intro is even long enough. There's that many stats. Uh, stats, stats, stats. Yeah. Ooh, so many stats. Uh, I'm a stat man. Oh, baby, it's a double stat banger. Give me your stats, 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 stats. Lance Stroll is now the only driver to have received a classification in every race this season. And I hear what you're saying. What about Baku, Cody? What about Baku? And while he didn't finish the Azerbaijan Grand Prix, he did complete more than 90% of the race distance and still received a classification. Yes. How about that? For your double... Oh, you want more? This is just the second time in successive F1 races that have been won by a driver from 10th position or lower. Bruce McLaren did it in the 1959 USGP starting from P10 and then in 1960 Argentine GP starting from P13. But Max... He's the first to do it in the same flipping season, mother floppers. P10 in Hungary and P14 in Spa. Yes. Oh, you want more? Stats, stats. Oh, you want some more? Stats, 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 Number six, thanks to a little itty-bitty crash, coming in at number six on the list is Lewis Hamilton with 490. He'd be higher if he was able to finish. Number five is Rubens Barrichello, 504. Number four is Felipe Massa, 563. Number three is the Iceman cometh. Kimi Raikkonen, 593. Michael Schumacher, number two, 602. Number one. All the way in front by 60 laps, Sebastian Vettel, 662. And how's that for your double dose? Stats of the week. Bada bada bee, bada bada boo. He's a stat man. Oh, that was a good stat. Yeah, such a good stat. Such a, such a good stat. You know it was. He's a stat man. Hey, let's go on with the show. Cool, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Ba ba da ba dee, ba 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 da bo. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we had a race on the weekend. And when we have a race, what do we do? We need to look at it. We need to look at all the good, the bad, and the ugly. Oh, yes. Okay, so what we do is we break down everything good that happened, everything bad and everything ugly, and the ugly is usually the stinky bottom of the barrel. We don't give two shits about it kind of ugly. But, of course, I'm not so negative all the time. All right? I want your feedback as well, so you need to let me know at the socials, at Parker in my fair mate on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. But let's dive straight in. So we're going to have a look right now at the good. And there was a lot of good to get through. All right, good. Uh, how about my girl Natalie Pinks and my girl Naomi Schiff? Give me a full-blown Schiffy. Just because those two are stunners. Oh, oh. Johnny Herbert was the uh, meat between those two vegetables, if you don't mind, and it was nice. I, was, I watched more free practice than I ever have before because of those two, and I love it. The good Max Verstappen, of course he is. P14, P15, whatever the hell it was. Easy win. Easy wasn't even trying, probably had the engine turned down, probably doing a Sudoku, probably having a nap while driving, just having the time of his life. Qualified so well as well. Uh, he was ahead by what, seven tenths? Ridiculous. The man is is on fire. He's where's, Right now, we are watching someone at the tippity top of their prime. Uh, we are right now witnessing greatness in its prime. Enjoy it, ladies and gentlemen. Sit back and enjoy it. They're good. Checo Perez. Although I don't think it was a good race for him, he did the team thing. He qualified P2, finished P2. 
you know, I know he was P2 behind signs. I know he held up for stabbing a little bit. But overall, you know, it's not bad. It's not bad. I'm giving him the good for that. The good. Alexander Albon, P10. Get yourself a point, son. Also going to Q3 and qualifying. Looked pretty good. Set a purple sector as well. I love it when a Williams does that. But I'm liking what this Williams is doing. It's really good in a straight line. It's got a lot of power behind it. It's just the turns. And Zanvoort's going to be one of those tracks where I think Albon and Latifi might come second to last and last. The good. George Russell, P4. That car's trashed. And for him to be up in P4, they were really bad in qualifying too, those Mercedes. Really, really bad. But George Russell, up in P4. Pretty happy with that. Another consistent P5 finish, top P5. Only one race he hasn't done that, and that was in Great Britain. Also good. Hey, Alonso's trash talking. I don't care what you say. And yes, I did bring up earlier that Lewis Hamilton has won more races outside of pole than Fernando Alonso's won races in his career. But called him an idiot and only knows how to drive from first or out in front. I love it. He also called Ferrari's strategy stupid. Love that as well. But that was all the good from the weekend. But when there's good, there's also bad. And there is a lot of bad to get through. We got Carlos Sainz P3 after starting on pole. Not good enough. Not good enough. I don't know if I can entirely blame you. I know your team are rubbish and they make poor decisions. But still, not good enough. You didn't defend well. You didn't attack well. You, did, you mistimed everything. Not good enough. Lando Norris, bad. Started inside the top 10, finished P12. What was that about? Kevin Magnuson, a.k.a. K-Mags, a.k.a. the Viking Princess, P16. Teammate Mick Schumacher, P17. These aren't good enough. Haas, we're starting to put a lot of faith in you. A lot of trust in you that you do the right thing. It's not good enough. Zhou Guan Yu, P14. Qu horrible qualifying. Not good enough. Battery Bottas, out in Q1. Not good enough. Leclerc. I know he started at the back and got up to P6, but really? Should have been much higher in that car. Yes, a lot of it was Ferrari's fault, but at the end of the day, he could have still done a bit better. But it's not ugly. Don't worry about that, Leclerc. I got something a bit different for ugly. Hamilton. It's bad. It's a racing incident. A big opportunity for some Mercedes points caused. You were the one that caused that crash with Alonso. That's why I've got to have you in the bad as well. I'm sorry, Sunshine. I love you, Princess Lulu. But now it's time to talk about the ugly. Oh, and there was a lot of ugly on the weekend. You better believe it. Ferrari. Holy shit. You're just going. You are. I mean, just what I think. Ferrari can't do anything worse. They go ahead and do many more worse things. They just don't know what the hell they're doing, Ferrari. They need to really just fucking sort it out. Yeah? Sort it out, Ferrari. The ugly. This one hurts. This one This one really hurts. <sighs> Big dick Danny Rick. This was the weekend you needed to prove all those doubters and haters wrong. Just go out there, beat your teammate. You started, you qualified ahead of him. He took an engine penalty. You started ahead of Lando Norris. Lando Norris finished P12. You finished P15. Danny Rick, you're killing me, Danny. Big dick Danny Rick, you're killing me. But that was the ugly. So, we've gone through the good, the bad, and the ugly. Let me know your thoughts. Who have I missed out? Where have I put someone in the wrong spot? Let me know on the socials at Parking in My Firm, eh? Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Yes! But ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for episode 189, the Belgium Grand Prix review. It is all done, dusted. If you've missed out on any of the previous episodes, head on over to parkitinmyfilmate.com, download them all there, or make sure you subscribe and follow on your podcast listing device so you never miss out on one in the future. You want to do that. While you're there, pick yourself up something nice from the merch store. Use the code PODCAST, exclusive 5. Gives you 5% off with your free worldwide shipping. And I'm eyeing off that pimp embroidered silk robe. It is gorgeous. I'm actually sitting in one right now. Dripping. Woo! Loving it. Oh, yes. But if you want a little bit more than that 5% off, you take a look up there in the skybox right now. In the Legends Lounge with the Legends Club members. These are the guys that go above and beyond that support the show. I couldn't do it without you guys. Uh, because of you guys, I'm able to advertise, 
I'm able to grow. Any bit of money I get through the Legends Club gets filtered back in. And as a little thank you, set a 5% off, I give you 25% off. Unlimited double Midori's on ice in the Legends Lounge. Yeah? Your name gets read out in every single episode, as well as in the show notes. And up there, we've got Austin, Alex, Anthony, Caleb, Clint, John, and Taylor. You guys are the bees, knees, the cat's pajamas, the greatest people alive. Yes, I'll be up there. Yes, I'll bring Doris. Yes, she'll be naked. It's what she does. I don't care that she's 107 years old. She likes to get down and dirty naked with a couple of belly shots. That's what's going to be happening. And as always, my cherubs, my muffins, and of course, the legends. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Sports Social Podcast Network. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.